Welcome to episode six, breaking news. So today on our very news round version of Diabetes Squad. In the program today, we have our top story, which is the diabetes wonder drug. On average, the delay of development of type one was two years. We'll be looking at Twitter wars in relation to diabetes. We apologize to those who have been served a misleading message. And finally, we'll be looking at other types of sensors other than the Freestar Libra. So, our top story, the new diabetes wonder drug. Join me and my diabetes nurse, Lakshmi, as we chat about this and see if it's a real game changer. Tap le zoom up. Tap le zoom up. Tap le zoom up. <laughs> okay. So what is it? Why is it so life-changing? Well, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a new drug. You know, everything comes out in the USA first. We have to go through nice guidelines and things like that. And you have to actually have the funding for, for this drug because it's like an intravenous infusion. In other words, what Lakshmi is saying is this particular medication will delay somebody being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And it's available for anybody who's aged 8 years and older. It makes me think, I was diagnosed when I was 21. What would have happened if I was diagnosed by 24? What would have happened if I was given this treatment? How different would my life have been? People have to maybe come into hospital and have to be trained to use it, things like that. So that's looking like that, that's not going to get here very quickly. But in your opinion, like this wonder drug, do you see the benefits of it? Because I think it's to do with noticing the signs of diabetes in type 1 and then sort of delaying the diagnosis? You can never tell who would become type 1 diabetes. and But if they've got like a family history, then you can actually sort of maybe try this with a, per- a person, mm. so a patient. So um, And what it does is just prevent their pancreas from, the cells from dying. Okay. Because it gives you that extra... Immunity. Could it also be a case of in the family, if mum and dad have an autoimmune disease to a certain degree, yeah. then this, because diabetes could stem from it or does stem from it to a certain well, degree. Well, yeah, diabetes, type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease. So if you have one autoimmune disease, it means you're likely to have another autoimmune disease. So it can be you've got family history of autoimmune disease or even diabetes or whatever. So then you have other people in the family who can actually become diabetic yeah i mean it would it would take a lot of researching mm. and and trials and things like that for patients so they can know exactly who to connect with i like the idea of it i like the idea that there is so much research and development going into it because i think it's about time that you know there is some type of i don't want to use the word cure but there is some type of way of getting some sort of resolution because despite the fact that type one, you can manage it fairly okay, especially with the new devices. Yeah. I do think that, you know, especially very young kids, this could be a really amazing incentive for them. Well, it, I suppose it can, but as I say, it, it all depends on the person because we can never tell. We can say someone is more at risk of getting mm. <clears throat> type one diabetes, but you know, you might have a whole family with type 1 diabetes and this person hasn't got type 1 diabetes. Yeah. So you never know who to actually... I mean, I'm sure they have different ways of capturing those patients. And I'm sure they've done a lot of research mm. and they've done a lot of um, trials and things yeah. to actually figure out who to go to. But 
we have we got like evidence or a paper to see what they actually did yeah. and how they did it and how they found the patients or mm. did they just choose anyone and say okay maybe you are at risk of type 1 diabetes and, yeah. and we'll try this with you I mean I haven't read up on it I, it's, it's only because you mentioned it, like, <laughs> yeah I, I bring you all the news <laughs> the diabetes news yeah I mean we definitely need to look into that I mean that would be like a Breakthrough, isn't it? I mean, it sounds like a wonder drug, really. Okay, well, listen, let's see. So usually we would have like a representative say, okay, this is a new self having heard of that, and do you want to come to a lecture on it? And I will go and I'll listen, and I know exactly what to expect. Mm. But we haven't had it. No, I still think it'll take time, like you said, because it's in the States. I think it'll take time to ripple back you know, down. Everything in the States takes a long time before it yes. gets to us. I love the idea of Lakshmi sitting in a medical lecture with her notepad and pen at the ready. What an A-star student she is. The idea of stopping it is, you know, or if, you, if we were to have children and then thinking about them and any concerns that, you know, we may have as parents and thinking, oh, can we stop it? I just think that's something to, yeah. you know, I mean, think you, about. When you do have a baby, yeah. then you can say, okay, we can actually use this. Absolutely. Because, yeah, so even though she might not become diabetic, yeah. or he, <laughs> or she, Thank I mean, you. Hello. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know something I don't know? <laughs> oh, dear. This wonder drug is called Taplazumab. I know, a mouthful. This sounds great. In other words, what Lakshmi is saying is, this particular medication will delay somebody being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And it's available for anybody who's aged eight years and older. So basically, the FDA, which are the regulators of pharmaceuticals and drugs in the United States, have gone through clinical trials and they've made this drug available for just people who are living in America. We're basically waiting for our version of this, which is the MHRA, which basically stands for Medical and Healthcare Products Regulators Agency. So we're waiting for them to approve this drug. But from my research, I can see that there is funding being put aside to help this to speed up. Usually what would happen with any new drug, the MHRA would figure out if that drug is safe and then they would propose it to the NHS and the NICE to ensure that it meets their guidelines so it's available on the NHS. However, the special status basically means that MHRA and NHS and NICE are working on it together in order to speed up the availability of this drug on the NHS. This is not the only breaking news. There are other immunotherapies that are happening across the world. For example, in the UK at the moment, there's a collaboration between the Stephen Morgan Foundation, JDRF and Diabetes UK with an investment of £50 million to have a breakthrough in order to find a cure for type 1 diabetes. If you think about it, the last breakthrough in terms of diabetes was over a hundred years ago when they discovered insulin. A hundred years ago. It makes me think, having a delay in terms of diagnosis sounds incredible. Like Lakshmi said, 
if both parents or a parent or even if there's a family history of autoimmune diseases or somebody is at risk of type 1 diabetes and they were given this new drug, how could it help them at school? How could it help them with any other life challenges? Could it have been different for me? Could I have had a different experience at university? Would I have decided to choose the path that I have chosen? I wonder, how different would my life have been? Chris Askew, who is the chief executive at Diabetes UK, says this is a seismic shift. And he's super impressed at the fact that the NHS are speeding this up as well. So all that research has led to approval in America, which is fantastic. In the UK, we've got all these organizations working together to find variation of immunotherapies, which is so, so amazing. But I find it really exciting. And now the idea of having a delay in diagnosis, which possibly looking at other therapies could be a cure one day for type 1 diabetes, is just so exciting. I mean, it's just brilliant. For me, imagining a life without diabetes, not having to carb count, not having to check my sugars all the time, not having to plan any activities, even just going for a walk and putting on a temp basil, not having any of that, really? Could that actually happen? It literally sounds like a dream. Back to the studio. In other news, diabetes Twitter wars. Did anybody see this crazy drama that took place on Twitter? So Eli Lilly is a pharmaceutical company that make various products, but for diabetics, insulin. We are excited to announce insulin is free now. So in a nutshell, there was a fake account which claimed to be Eli Lilly. The fake account tweeted, we are excited to announce insulin is free now. So unlike us in America, you have to pay for your medication or you have health insurance, which comes from your job. Unlike here in the UK, it's not free. A result of this tweet had the stock for Eli Lilly drop 4.3%. There are 7 million people in the United States who have type 1 diabetes. Now, if they don't have health insurance as a part of their job, then they have to pay on their own at least a minimum of $1,000 a month for their diabetes medication. $1,000 a month. That is just insane. The ripple effect of this fake account had various other fake accounts that also claimed certain things around the scandal as well. However, the official Twitter page was super quick to shut it down. We apologize to those who have been served a misleading message. You're probably wondering, how did this all happen? How is it that that fake account was trusted and clearly there was an effect on the shares of this pharmaceutical company? Well, I think we all know that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter in October. 
he definitely made some changes, not just rearranging the furniture. Anyhow, so he decided for you to have an official Twitter page, all you need to do is pay $8 a month and it will give your page the blue ticks. $8 a month, that's it. So if anything, I could be the official Serena Williams if I wanted to, just by paying $8 a month. So somebody took it upon themselves to create this Eli Lilly page, pay the $8 a month, get the blue ticks, and clearly tweet something that caused so much drama. I think the drama was probably based around how expensive medication, especially type 1 medication, is in America. It's almost like a really small revolution that is happening, which secretly I'm loving. There's also a tweet sent out by Bernie Sanders, the real one. He said, let's be clear. Eli Lilly should apologise for increasing the price of insulin by over 1,200% since 1996 to $275, whilst it costs less than $10 to manufacture. That's crazy. The inventors of insulin sold their patent in 1923 for $1 to save lives, not to make Eli Lilly and its CEOs obscenely rich. Well said, Bernie. It's interesting. Even in Eli Lilly's tweet that they sent out where they apologised, they don't actually mention or shine any light upon the initial tweet that went out from the fake account. Was that really apology from Eli Lilly? I don't know. It's interesting. They don't really mention the fake account or what the fake account stood for. The reason why billions of dollars of shares were wiped off from Eli Lilly just because of one teeny weeny tweet was because the value of the company is based on selling insulin at a very, very high price. So let's just imagine if they make it free for everybody, who ends up losing? I think we can all connect the dots. And finally, bye bye Libra. Here from Lakshmi and myself, whilst I contemplate other types of sensors other than the freestyle Libra and get an insight into my frustrations when it comes to the sensor. So this is a freestyle Libra 2 and 1 is on prescription, but um, there is a Dexcom 1 that is also going to be on prescription. It's just that they're working out how, because Dexcom comes with a sensor, a transmitter, and obviously a, a device for you to receive the results. So you can get the results on your phone, like you do with the um, Freestyle Libre, and you don't have to scan, you, just, you okay. just constantly have the results. But right now that we're just working out, so anyone who is on Freestyle Libre and wants to switch to something else, I mean, there's lots of patients who, when they scan, they get errors and they constantly it's have to scan and they, they get frustrated and they can't get a result. So for these patients, I would say, 
switch them to the Dexcom one. But once I get the okay, then I will just ask your GP to give you Dexcom one. You can either come for training or you can just go on online and, and see. It's quite simple. So it will be not Dexcom G6, but it would be a Dexcom one, which does most of the things that the G6 does. But the G6 have extra sort of alarms and things. But you will still get the alarms for low and high and the, the critical one. And, but the main thing is that you get the results. I'm telling you now, Lakshmi, the reason I'm stressing out, I'm not going to lie, is because I have these days when everything is fine. And then, oh, okay, it's gone high, right? So I give myself an, a, a correction. And I'm like, okay, great, let me carry on with my day. Everything is fine. And then 20 minutes later or half an hour later, I'm like, I don't know, eat something or I get in the car. And I'm oh my goodness, you're 19. What is going on? And I just definitely feel I need something for my peace of mind as well because it's very like mentally it starts to get me down when I've done the correction it's not working oh, it really makes me upset and it just starts the day and I'm like I hate it I just feel so it about it and I don't like that feeling mm-hmm. can it go in my arm it can go in your arm yes yeah. yeah. if you feel this isn't working on making you frustrated and things oh dear but yeah definitely I feel like a large amount of frustration because I just feel like I'm doing all the right stuff, like doing the corrections and, you know, the sensors. As much as I love the sensor, it's just not doing what I want it to do. Everything changes. You're used to doing the ice and then it changes. This is something that we can do. During all this intense clicking and scrolling, all I wanted to know was if my HbA1c was okay or not. HbA1c is a number. It can also be a percentage. And it gives you an average measure of your glucose control over three months. It seems your HbA1c is stable. It was 61 or 60 before. Mm. Um, scan it. And that is where the frustration and the, the tipping point comes okay, in. And that's yes. why I'm like, I hate you, Libra. I hate you, you silly woman. I was like, oh. But the Libra isn't causing it. <laughs> but the Libra's not but telling it's me. Right. <laughs> it's not telling you it's hot. Yeah. But what you can do, you send the alarm to alert you when the blood sugars are, say, 40. Yes, I do that. So what I have got, I'll just show you. So when I go 4.5, it alerts me mm-hmm. to tell me that I may be, you know, in the range of, you know, hypo oh, yeah. could happen, you mm-hmm. know, if I don't eat or if I'm starting to drive. This is 13.5. So as soon as it hits 13.5, I'm like, I'm going too high. So I've already set the boundaries. Set, okay. Yeah. That's good for the alarm. For the alarm. Yeah. Um, and also remember, once you've taken your your bolus, mm-hmm. that's going to, even though your background is working, you're still going to, that insulin is going to continue to work for like four hours. So if your blood sugars are high and you take a correction within that four hours, you can have a hyper. Yeah, the roller coaster, yes. as I call it. You might have a good day, you might have a bad day. There's no need to worry about it. That happens. That's life. Yeah. So. And also, I just think it's important not to like beat yourself up about it. Oh, definitely not. I've done it before. I know you said to me, you're like, oh, well, like... <laughs> It happens. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was so stressed. But you were like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it, you might be doing everything the same and the blood sugars are 
plane up, you know, and it happens. We can't really tell what's going on, mm. but just leave it. That's today. Tomorrow is a new day. Lakshmi, as always. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. And you spent so much time. I'm like so grateful. How amazing is Lakshmi? I told you. Myself and Julie, we call her our queen for a reason. And we are so grateful for all her hard work and everything that she does for ourselves and all her other patients. She's absolutely swamped, but she gives us all the care and attention we need. What an incredible human. There's a lot of things being discussed today in our breaking news episode. From the immunotherapy treatments that are being discovered, trialed, and also now available in America, to some of the issues surrounding pharmaceutical companies and the amount of money that they charge for medication. And also for myself, discovering new types of sensors and new types of technologies. It's true what Lakshmi says. Things are changing all the time. And that makes me think, one day there could be people who could have their diabetes delayed. I would absolutely love to hear from you and tell me what you think of this episode. Did any issues that we discussed today resonate with you? Have you been contemplating changing your sensor? Did you come across the Twitter wars that happened with Eli Lilly? I hope today's episode has made you see the wider picture of type 1 diabetes. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to share your thoughts, which I'm so grateful that you are already, I'm working through all my DMs, all your experiences please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Diabetes Squad. And remember to use the hashtag Diabetes Squad. This podcast is written and presented by me, Manisha Vidgama. The producer is Matt Wareham and it's a depictor production for Diabetes Squad.